Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast. I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. This will be cross-posted on my other show, the one that is on the radio every single week, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. on WWDV 860 a.m., broadcasting out of Philadelphia, otherwise known as the Health Coach Ev Show, also available on all podcasts, uh, podcast platforms, that is. Tonight, we're going to be talking about something super important, and that is seasonal affective disorder, otherwise known as SAD, S-A-D. It is a condition, a real one, a diagnosable one that does affect millions of people every single year. And how it is characterized is by changes in the seasons, depression, and usually anxiety that comes with depression in the seasons. It can be just mood changes in general, but typically it is uh, these depressive type of feelings. Now, for the vast majority, I think it's around 95% of people, this will happen in the fall. And for some, it happens in the summer, a very rare few, which I find very interesting. Not necessarily something we're going to be getting into today, but I do have my theories behind why that happens. What I'm most interested in sharing with you all today is how I've avoided seasonal affective disorder for the last several years, because this is something that used to affect me greatly. So what is going on and why does this happen? Well, let's start with why it happens. Everything that we know so far is a theory. It's a scientific theory, right? It has backing behind it, but there's no definitive proof of, okay, this is exactly and precisely why seasonal affective disorder happens to every single person. Um, Otherwise, we'd know exactly what to do about it. What I can share with you is the theories and then kind of how to attack it from multiple angles so that you can find resolution with these things. Because even while I've lived in southeastern Pennsylvania, I have not dealt with seasonal affective disorder the past several years, even though I used to get it all the time. September was my worst month um, and it would kind of just you know progressively get worse over, well, not necessarily progressively. Like I said, September was kind of the worst just because of the major changes it would bring. And then it would steadily, um, you know, be not so good for the rest of winter all the way until spring. So no one wants to live their life that way. It's really not a fun thing. What this is exactly, in my opinion, uh, where I think it's coming from, kind of like two factors with it. I, I do think it's not just, or I don't think it's just one thing. One aspect is the vitamin D story. When you live at certain latitudes, namely the 37th parallel north and south, so if you live above or below that, depending on Uh, the time of year, because obviously the Southern Hemisphere experiences summer at the opposite time that the Northern Hemisphere does. When you are above or below those lines, there's actually some portion of the year that your body does not get, or rather the sun does not hit your body with any UVB light. Now UVB is what burns you. UVB is also what helps synthesize vitamin D. So you cannot get vitamin D at all during those times of the year. The farther you are away from the equator, equator, the more pronounced those time periods will be. For example, where I am at in Southeastern Pennsylvania, and I don't know what the actual, um, latitude is here, but you know, we're notably above it. It's not the highest that you can be, of course, but we're notably above it. We will lose the ability to synthesize vitamin D because of the lack of UVB coming from the sun. Um, Well, I guess I should word this properly. It's always coming from the sun, right? It's not having an ability to penetrate the earth's atmosphere. It can only do that when the sun is over um, 30 degrees over the horizon. And it does not go 30 degrees over the horizon from the end of November until the end of January here. And let's be honest, even surrounding those times, do you think people are really running around in early November or early February 
with their skin exposed, clothes off. No, they're not doing those types of things. So there's actually a very good portion of the year here that people are not getting any meaningful amounts of vitamin D from the sun. The lowest time, lowest month, I should say, for vitamin D levels in Americans is March, and the highest is September. This is where we get into something interesting, because I almost feel like there's two categories of seasonal affective disorder. There is the one that gets it right away, as soon as it turns to be or it turns fall, and there is the other one that does not get it until later in the season. If you do not get it until later in the season, let's say December, late November, whatever, I would probably lean towards maybe you having a more of a vitamin D problem. You know, the numbers or the time has been long enough now that your numbers are lowering significantly on your blood tests. And vitamin D is clinically significant in mood boosting. We do know that. That's very well known. So that can be a factor. Simple fix for that. One, you make sure you get vitamin D in better amounts throughout the summer. I cannot stress that enough on all of my social media platforms, I talk about this, except I guess the podcast. So I'll hop on here and do that a little more. Um, you know, you got to get it in the summer. You got to be using the DMinder app. You got to know how to do this properly. I have videos on this. You can YouTube Evan Transu and search for uh, how to get vitamin D from the sun and never burn again using a simple free app. I'm not sponsored by them. Don't make any money off of it. I use it myself. Go check that out. But hey, you're probably listening to this not because it is August and you're feeling great. You're probably listening to this because it's fall and you're either starting to feel bad or you're getting a little scared because you know you're about to feel bad. Well, the vitamin D story, um, the real best thing that you can do is vacation. <laughs> and I know that sounds funny, but seriously, that would be probably the smartest thing you could do. Um, and you would do that for as long as possible. The next smartest thing would be to see if you could somehow get enough from food that it doesn't really bother you liver, which you can supplement with technically, uh, beef liver specifically, um, raw eggs or eggs. You don't have to do the raw thing. I do the raw thing. <laughs> Some people do not like that though. Uh, certain fish, cod liver oil, fermented cod liver oil is a great little source of fish oil and uh, vitamin D also usually has some vitamin A in it. So these are good things that you can do, but they're still pretty low amounts of vitamin D and probably won't work for most people unless they get a decent amount of sun in the spring, summer, and early fall. Next best thing you can do is supplement. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I think there's probably consequences from that long-term that maybe we don't know about. And there's already some stuff that we do know about that's not so great. You know, your body was never intended to be orally consuming 5,000 IU of vitamin D, but that's a lot uh, what a lot of people would take, right? That was something that was synthesized through the skin. Orally, I mean, you're lucky if you're getting a couple hundred IU per day. And IU is international units, by the way. So that's just a unit of measurement that's internationally accepted and used. But I understand that supplementing with it is better than nothing. So I don't want people to suffer. Um, you know, you could supplement this winter and then never do that again. Never do that again. I don't use a vitamin D supplement, so I'm not just, you know, being rude. I'm not telling you guys to do something that I would not personally do. I don't supplement. I probably wouldn't recommend that you do um, then either. But, okay, I get it. You're in the position that you're in, so you got to supplement. Fine. What you can do then is supplement with a vitamin D product that also has vitamin K. The reason you want that is because vitamin D will, to keep this kind of simple, you will have excess calcium 
with higher levels of vitamin D, especially if you're supplementing a lot. And vitamin K helps you actually use that calcium so you don't suffer from something called hypercalcemia. Now, that's not particularly common, but why not be safe, right? Just do the right thing. If you're supplementing with over, you know, 2000 IU of vitamin D, I think it's really essential that you get some vitamin K in. And also, um, vitamin K is just something that most people could benefit from using. It's something that's been shown to help ATP production in the mitochondria. It's something that's been shown actually at about two to 300 micrograms over eight weeks, um, has been shown to increase cardiac output by 12%, which is something that you really could only typically get in about six months of HIIT training, which is high intensity interval training. Really cool stuff. Um, if you want another one I recommend, feel free to reach out to me at Evan Transu on Facebook or Instagram. I can try to get you a decent price on that um, because I do have an account with them. Otherwise, look for something online with vitamin D and um, vitamin K in it. Thorn Research is a good brand, um, but it's a little low dosage. Um, can't really think of any off the top of my hand because again, it's not or top of my head because again, it's not really something that I do. So uh, reach out to me if you need that. I'm gonna eventually have something on my website, evantransu.com, where People can just see recommended supplements and stuff, but I'm still not there quite yet at the time of recording this. All right, we covered the vitamin D thing. Is there a bigger story here, though? Absolutely. I believe there is a bigger story here. And this is really the key of how I avoided it, because I avoided this before I fully understood vitamin D. And even after I understood vitamin D, I'm not supplementing with it, right? So how am I avoiding it? Because I'm one of those people that historically would have started feeling really bad right in the beginning of fall, around September. Now, there's a lot of people that start feeling really bad in September and October. That doesn't make sense from a vitamin D perspective, guys, because those are the months that you have the highest levels of vitamin D. Well, it's August and September, right? But October is pretty close too. You have very high levels of vitamin D. It can't logically be a vitamin D problem then. What did change though? That is the amount of light that we are getting. We start destroying our circadian rhythms over a very quick period of time. If you guys follow me, you know I'm huge into circadian rhythms, and it's one of the most essential things that I use or try to optimize when working with clients and people. Like You have to do this. It's something I do in my own life. We're not going to get into a full thing necessarily on how to do that in this episode, but I will talk about the things that you need to do or really rather understand so that you are someone who's going to get out and go get that light from now on. Ultraviolet light is something that people get a little scared of, right? It's something that we believe causes cancer, even though if you actually look at the literature, there's virtually nothing to back that up. But I digress, not the point. There's different parts of UV light. There's UVA, UVB, UVC, and they all have different functions. So for example, UVB, is what causes your skin to burn. UVB is also what can synthesize vitamin D. Now, again, going back to that latitude thing, if you're above the 37th parallel north or below the 37th parallel south, there is some period of the year, more so the farther away you go from those things, that you cannot get UVB light so you in meaningful amounts. So you will not produce vitamin D and you cannot burn no matter how white you are. Now, UVA, on the other hand, is available all the time, any time the sun's out really, year-round globally. Well, what does UVA do? Not to get too complicated here, but try to follow me because it is important. UVA does something where it helps produce, we'll call it a protein, um, to just again kind of keep it simple, called POMC. 
Now, POMC stands for proopiomelanocortin. And proopiomelanocortin, when it's cleaved, it actually helps make a few really important things. What are some of these things? Believe it or not, serotonin, which will convert to melatonin at night. So you have two really powerful neurotransmitter and hormones there respectively that are going to help out your mental health. What are most people getting uh, prescribed for mental health issues? SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. What do those do? They're attempting to inhibit the reuptake of serotonin, right? Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. They're trying to make more serotonin available for you. So if something can produce that for free, UVA light from the sun, don't you think that would be probably a little wiser to use than a medication if you don't have to use the medication? I'm not condemning medication. I'm just saying if you can get it from the sun, wouldn't that be a little wiser? Another thing that it can do is help produce dopamine. Dopamine is that neurotransmitter that is anticipatory. What does that mean? It means that the anticip anticipation of getting something or achieving a goal or um, and the real reason it's available is, you know, for things like food or procreation, like mating. When you see an attractive person, dopamine goes off. When you see good food, dopamine goes off. It is trying to get you to do something. And that's why even knowing that you're about to go eat the piece of cake or let's just say get together with someone you love the thought of it is almost as exciting as the actual act of eating the cake or being with the person that you love. In many ways, it's just as enjoyable because dopamine is anticipatory. So you're going to get that as well. That's very important for motivation, achieving goals, getting tasks done. If you got no energy, total quote unquote laziness, even though I don't really believe in laziness, I believe in uninspired people and biochemically imbalanced people. Okay. And I say that because I've been quote unquote lazy in my life. And now I'm one of the most motivated people I know. That is not a testament to me. That is a testament to biochemistry in my book. So you want that stuff. That's really important. Okay. It does a few other things as well, but that's not really important for this topic of seasonal affective disorder. The problem is the minute it gets cold and the days start getting short, you are out of the sunlight more. By definition, you're out of the sunlight more because the days are getting shorter, but you're probably out of the sunlight even more so than should be simply because it's getting colder and you're like, ah, you know, I'm going to close the window in my car today, even though some UVA can usually get in through windows. UVB cannot though. Um, not most windows, at least some UVA is filtered by certain glass. And you're just like, ah, you know what? We're going to stay inside when we could be outside or we'll stay up late and you know, whatever. We're really messing with our brain. So what I've had to do is stay super true to my habits Everyone that knows me knows that I catch sunrise every single day. It's something I've done for years now. Super profound for our circadian health. We got to be doing this. Now, most importantly, we have to be doing it with our bare eyes and as much bare skin as possible. I get that you're not going to go out with bare skin in winter, even though I try to do that. <laughs> I'm a pretty crazy guy. Uh, but you got to do bare eyes. That means no contacts, no glasses. You cannot be wearing those things, okay? You got to take those off and make sure you're getting all of the light from the sun. Even if you can't see it, all right, it filters part of the sun. We human beings only have about 0 0.0, I think it's another 0, 0.35% visibility of the light spectrum, the full light spectrum. And even if it's 0.035%, and I'm misspeaking here, it's nothing, right? We're missing out on so much of the light. So just because it looks like, oh, that's not a big deal. It is a big deal. 
Okay. And you're missing out on parts when you use those types of things. The same is also true when you use glasses for windows or the glass from a car or something like that, like a car window that is. So you got to be careful with that. You got to watch that. You got to get sunrise. That's the biggest thing that I've done. And then you have to be outside as much as possible. Even though I've resolved this stuff and I haven't had an issue with it, last winter specifically was the best winter that I've ever had. Now, why was that? Well, I decided to do a little experiment. I'm an entrepreneur, as many of you guys know. And when I have the time, nowadays, thankfully, things are going well enough business-wise that I just don't even have the time to justify something like that. But I'm someone who likes to work some kind of other job to have a steady income, a reliable income. And then you can take more risks with your entrepreneurial endeavors, right? So I was working a job that was almost entirely outside, and I would do that anywhere from as little as 20 hours, but sometimes as much as 40 hours per week. And I was out during from like pretty much the morning all the way until sunset. I felt amazing. I slept like a baby. It was really a cool experience. So I understand that everyone can do that. So what's a simple solution? Well, studies have actually shown benefits from getting out for just one hour a day in the winter and those uh, types of seasons. So I recommend around 30 minutes at sunrise. The best time is when the sun is coming over the horizon. And then at the very least, try to get out again in the middle of the day and catch an hour's worth of sun. I know it's hard. I know it's not easy. Once again, you cannot be doing this with sunglasses or regular glasses or contacts. Best results is bare eyes and as much bare skin as possible. Walk around, listen to a podcast, read a book, go to the park, bike, run, whatever you have to do to get yourself out there. That is the answer, guys. That's the solution. Modern technology cannot mimic the sun's light yet. It's probably never going to be able to do that. We're very far from that invention. So you got to get outside, got to do your stuff. Um, the last little part I will say, I guess there's kind of two things to this. One is blocking the blue light at night. I talk about this all the time again on other parts of my social media, so I'm not going to dive into that now. But you do want to be blocking the blue light after dark, and it gets dark a lot earlier in the winter and fall, obviously. So you want to be using special glasses or technology on your computers for that. Um, the glasses that you can use, I personally prefer a company called Blue Blocks, which is B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. You can use code H-C-E, like health coach of 15 um, at checkout for a 15% discount. I'm not sponsored by them, actually. I literally reached out to them because I recommend the glasses so much. I'm wearing them right now while recording this episode, and they'll help you sleep really well, but they'll also protect you from the damaging blue light that is coming from technology. Um, after dark. And it's really not a great thing in the daytime either, but you need different glasses for that, which is once again, a separate conversation. <laughs> I sometimes feel like there's so much context needed with these kinds of conversations that I'm constantly alluding to some other subject. So I apologize for that, but that's another useful tip. And the final thing I'll say, and this is not something you want to do without permission from your doctor or health professional, and you don't want to just be guessing, but you can use targeted amino acid therapy for certain neurotransmitters. Now, serotonin, for example, L-tryptophan, um, 5-HTP, these are all things that can help the production of serotonin. Uh, L-tyrosine can help the production of L-dopa, which will lead to um, dopamine. So you need these things in meaningful amounts, and this is why you know you want to be eating enough protein, but sometimes that targeted amino acid supplementation, if you don't have any other options right now, can be useful 
You really, really, really do not want to be doing that on a whim. Uh, work with someone you trust. I do that. You could talk to a doctor, like whatever you got to do, but please don't just start taking those things randomly. If you take them in excess, it can cause issues. Um, you need a really fine balance of neurotransmitters. So it's not smart, in my opinion, to be messing with that kind of stuff unless you already know what you're doing. Those are my tips for tonight. I try to keep this as short and sweet as possible. There's a lot of information here. I get that. I'm also probably going to be making a video about this, probably going to be putting it into a blog. So if you learn better in those different ways, then stay tuned for those. I'm at Evan Tran on all social, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. I'm still working on it, but we're developing with that. Um, www.evantrancy.com for a little more information um, in general. That's where the blog will be. You can also reach out to me if you have any questions there, and um, I can try to help you out to the best of my ability. But this one is a little off the cuff, probably not going to be as quote unquote professional as my YouTube or the blog will be. But so many people have been asking about this ever since I posted it. So I just want to make sure I got this out. Um, posted the idea of it, that is, rather than the information itself. So here it is. I hope this helped you guys. Um, in summary, what we want to be doing is getting out in the sun as much as possible. Definitely that sunrise, definitely an hour, ideally in the middle of the day. We want to be blocking the blue light at night. We can use targeted amino acid therapy if need be. And if we believe that our seasonal affective disorder is mostly a story of vitamin D, take a freaking vacation. You earned it. <laughs> um, and if you can't do that, use some supplementation, but don't forget to include vitamin K. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast slash the Health Coach Ev Show. I will see you guys next week. Talk to you then.